Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. Uh, glad you're here. And a, a gracious welcome also to those of you listening on our podcast. We just celebrated kind of a landmark with our podcasting. Over 5,000 people per week listening in uh, to what we have going on here. So thank you all. I know some of you are that person, <laughs> as well as the people across the world. So January, we do back to basics. Let me tell you a little bit about my plan for this month. We're going to go through the chapters of the Science of Mind textbook in order, the first four chapters. Last week, we talked about the nature of God. We talked about the idea of uh, all-powerful, all-present, all-wise, that, that traditional idea of God really as the power and the creator of the universe itself. What might be a little different in terms of our own beliefs however, uh, is that we believe God, you know, didn't make it and then walk away. We believe that God is fully imminent, and that idea being that God is here always. The creation didn't stop. In fact, the creation that you see going on around you still under the auspices of spirit itself. So not some crazy guy in the sky sitting on a throne, kind of peering down, checking us out, but rather an indwelling spirit, a spirit that is part of us and part of the world always. Well, I want to expand upon that today. If God is everything, then that includes you. God doesn't make junk. So there's a part of you that enjoys that same spiritual perfection as spirit itself. There's something fundamental in the Jewish and Christian scripture around spirit creating us in its own image. And I do want to talk about that a little bit today. Now, I don't take that in a literal fashion. I don't think that somehow we look like God. In fact, there's a Sunday school joke that I'm not going to tell you about children sitting down to, to draw what God looks like. But I do think that we have been imbued, that there is a, a part of us that, that inherits and expresses divinity always. And so when you think about some of the characteristics of spirit itself, whether it's, you know, the creative power of the Big Bang that was, uh, that was mentioned in our opening prayer, or whether we talk about the free will that God exercised literally to create the heavens and earth out of itself, we have those same kind of qualities in us. When we think of God's love, when we think of God's creativity, when we think of God's wholeness, when we think of the perfection or the beauty or the joy inherent in spirit, those are ours as well. So I will tell you a, a funny story of something that happened to one of my colleagues in the, the Santa Rosa, California church. So, so they're blessed with a lovely big facility, and they're one of those uh, centers that has the signboard out front that's changeable. And so they post every Sunday what the message is going to be. And apparently one year when they were doing Back to Basics, and they put on the signboard the talk title, Spirit Working Through Us and As Us. That was the, the talk title, Spirit Working Through Us and As Us. As us. Well, across the street in one building down was the Baptist church, and the, the following Sunday they put up a sign that says, You are not God. 
<laughs> and so, so I do want to, I do want to address that misconception. Of course, we're we're made out of God's stuff, and we share many of the the same qualities and capabilities of spirit. But we're not all of spirit, right? This this is not the center for internal worship. I mean, it really is a a sense, though, of connection, of of real unity here. And I did bring you a joke, which I will share with you. So the creation story of Adam and Eve was being carefully explained in a children's Sunday school class. Following the story, the children were asked to draw what would illustrate the story of Adam and Eve. Well, Bobby was very interested and just drew a detailed picture of a car with three people in it. In the front seat, a fellow, and in the back seat, a man and a woman. And the teacher, of course, just really interested, like, how is this automobile story part of the Garden of Eden. But Bobby was concise and confident. This is God driving Adam and Eve out of the garden. (laughs) Yeah. Should I apologize now or, or individually later? Yeah. So, so in the same way we, we broke our idea of what God was like last week, of that, that picture of a man in the sky on the throne, I'd also like to break maybe our old idea of creation. You know, I don't think that we're anything bizarrely special in the universe. I think other animals have uh, many capabilities that are human-like. I do see, uh, even in the rocks and the trees, a, a kind of life, a kind of creativity. I don't think we're the answer, but we are a big part of the answer. I do believe that God intentionally created humanity and evolution through the centuries to bring about a creature that is in many ways an emissary of spirit itself. So let me explain. God created the heavens and the earth. God created it all to be good. God created us as well. And it created it out of itself. If, if there is only spirit, then that act of creation, that big bang, that, that chain of events that set forth everything, the only material God had to work with was God. And so very literally, what is God is also in us. And I like to think, and Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, believed that that included our thoughts, our intentions, really the very heart of us. In a way... We're acting on behalf of spirit. Now, I know we're used to thinking of God as a, some kind of a separate entity. And I know we, we all gave up that childhood picture of the guy on the golden throne, I hope. But what we maybe haven't quite given up yet is still that idea of separation from the creator, that the creator and the creation somehow separate. I would like to suggest that God created us so that God gets to experience through us our experience here on this earth. I would like to think that as we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, that God gets to enjoy that experience, that our consciousness is part of God's consciousness, our our sights and sounds and the the experiences that we have on the planet, our our intentions and, and, and even our feelings get to be felt, get to be experienced, get to be part of what God is. 
Now, some of you I know are going to come up a little later and say, well, Larry, that's all fine and good. And on an intellectual basis, I I get what you're saying. But I got to tell you, when I look in the mirror, I don't necessarily see the divine. And when I gauge my actions throughout the week, there are some good moments. There are some moments where I could say, yeah, I was acting on behalf of spirit in that moment. But then there are the other moments that I'd rather not even talk to you about where I made a really bad decision that not only came back on me, but hurt a couple other people. I said some unkind things. I cut someone off on the freeway. I jumped ahead in the supermarket line, right? Of course, I'm talking about myself. Don't, <laughs> don't think I'm uh, casting any aspersions out on you. But there are so many moments when in our humanness, we do things that would be hard to explain as being done on behalf of the divine. Or are they? Now, I'm not saying we're perfect. We're not perfect at being human, and therefore I would suggest we're not perfect at being the divine either. But I will say we're all on a path of spiritual evolution here. We all get to start where we are. We all get to start with our current version of what it is to be human in the 21st century, in the lives that we find ourselves in. We get to start there. Some of us have had lives that have been filled with trouble, lives filled with choices that maybe weren't correct. And yet, we all still have that divine potential of making great decisions, of moving forward with love, of creating for ourselves and our family and our friends a world that truly works for everyone. We have that capability always. And I'd like to give you just a couple tips for moving forward in that spiritual evolution. One is, and it's so very simple, you know, we teach all kinds of spiritual principles here and, uh, and practices as well, like our meditation on Wednesday night that I hope you all enjoy. So we teach meditation, we teach prayer, we teach contemplation, we teach visioning, so many spiritual tools we have. And I would like to share with you one of the simplest of all for your spiritual evolution, simply asking the question, what would God do through me? in this situation. Next time you're faced with a a challenge, next time you're wondering what you ought to say to a coworker who's been kind of crummy to you, the next time you're about ready to make a a life change, you know, buying a, a new apartment or doing something different, just ask yourself, in this particular situation, what would God like to accomplish through me? Because I tell you that's exactly what's happening. God is accomplishing God's goals in the human realm through humans. How else is God going to accomplish anything in the human realm, right? In in, in our day-to-day living with each other, in in connection, in society, in in our jobs, in our families. How can God do God's work of light and love, of joy and peace, of happiness, of wholeness. How's God going to accomplish that except through you? I'm looking out at the faces and I'm saying, oh my God, it's up to me. And and sadly, there's not too much I can do to diffuse that because it's true. It is up to us as individuals to take on blessing this planet.
And I will say, you know, we have some hurdles. We're in the midst of global warming. We're in the midst of great division in our politics in this world. We have fires raging in Australia. We have a a war breaking out in the Middle East. We have all kinds of things on on the grand human scale that are in trouble right now. And you know how all of those get solved? It isn't going to be solved by us just standing back and praying that somehow there will be divine intervention. Because if there is divine intervention, it's through you. It's through you and you, right? We're, we're the divine intervention. We're the folks that will come up with the policies and the ways of bringing wholeness back to the planet. We're the people that are going to embark upon new measures of detente and working through issues that, that are causing such divisions among people across the globe. We're those folks, us personally, Right? And so when we ask the question, what would God do in this instance through me? Suddenly, it's really important that I'm up on the political candidates and who I want to vote for because it makes a huge difference. I really need to be up on the recycling in my own home and knowing how that contributes or not uh, to the world that will be handed down to generation after generation because what I do and what I think and who I am suddenly is acting on behalf of spirit itself to solve the world's problems. We can no longer afford to think that daddy in the sky is somehow going to look down and through some miracle of blessing will just take care of business. That's not the kind of God that I believe in. The kind of God that I believe in raises up as people doing the blessing in the world, coming up with the things that I don't know how to figure out as a person, but as a person I can do my diligence at finding out as much as I can and adding to it. And honestly, if even, if even probably 10% of the world, if one in 10 people began making their decisions more from their spiritual side rather than their physical body side, all of the troubles that we see in the world would be taken care of in short order. And that's the last thing that I want to talk about today is the idea of primarily being a spiritual being but in a physical body. So often I think that we treat our lives with the physical part first, making choices based on what our ego thinks we need and we want. And then later on, if there's time left over, maybe on Sunday, <laughs> I'll get my spiritual nature satisfied. I would, I would love it if we either reverse that or at least move the trend the other way. That we were spiritual first, what would spirit do in this circumstance? What decisions could Spirit guide me to come out with something that really will uplift not only my own life, but everybody? I would love it if that was where we went first. Now, do we still need to pay the bills? Of course. Do we still need to take care of business on the, on the physical plane? Of course we do. And that is part of God as well, getting to experience the joys of everyday living, the, the joys of living like humans 
live and loving like humans. That is part of our spiritual nature too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying to deny our physical needs. But what I'm saying is maybe not always put them first. To maybe look beyond what would satisfy Larry and think about how can the world be satisfied through Larry. And simply apply that into my day-to-day thinking. Simply, if we can, to notice that spiritual aspect of who we are and our decision-making process first. If I'm here acting on behalf of spirit, maybe I'll pay a little more attention to the packaging on the items that I buy at Costco. Maybe I don't really need everything wrapped first in cellophane and then in cardboard and then put in a box, (laughs) right? Maybe I can begin doing the little things on behalf of spirit that will create a world that works for everyone. In my consumer choices, in my personal choices, in my interactions with other people, in my interactions with my loved ones as well as strangers on the street, maybe it's God speaking through me and I'll start sounding more like it. The love that God is, the joy that God is, the health that God is, the beauty that God is, the only way that really gets to be shared in the human experience is through us. Now, we get to enjoy the beauty in nature. We get to enjoy the, the love of, uh, of our pets and so forth. Don't get me wrong. God expresses in way more ways than through us human beings. But what I know is we have to put some effort into the human part of the equation. We can just sit back and enjoy the sunset. We can simply enjoy nature. But if we want different outcomes for us As humans on the planet, God works through us. So I'm going to close today just with a quick recap and uh, my usual homework. We have talked about the abilities that we've inherited from spirit itself. We have free will for good or maybe sometimes for not so good. We are creators ourselves, and we'll talk more about that next week. We don't have to follow our animal instincts. We can have our own intentions. We've we've inherited that ability to really introspect and think about the, the plan we want to make into the world. And the more that we're aware of being God's hands and hearts in the world, the more the resources to God are actually freed up for us. When we're acting on behalf of spirit, oh my gosh, the ability for us to move mountains suddenly seems totally doable. It's as though God is working through us because God is working through us. All right, on to homework. So last week I asked you either through journaling or through contemplation, through some inward process to define and illustrate your view of God, your view of spirit. Well, I want to add on to that this week. I would like you to see your place as part of spirit. So again, you might want to do this uh, through journaling. You could do it through a contemplation or a meditation or visioning. But I would like you to add on to that picture that you have in your mind of what spirit, of what God is, and see yourself in it. How do you act on behalf of spirit? 
So that's your homework for this week. I'm going to close with a quote uh, from the end of the second chapter of the Science of Mind textbook and, of course, a prayer. So Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, says, Then, knowing that this thing, that spirit, can work for us only through us, let us begin to accept more good than we experienced yesterday. Let us know that we shall reap a harvest of fulfilled desires. The time must come when we shall have left any apparent evil behind, when it shall be rolled up like a scroll and only numbered with the things which were once thought to be true. Let us realize and work with the sound knowledge and perfect faith. As high as we shall make our mark in mind and in spirit, so high shall its outward manifestation be. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. There is only this one thing. Call it spirit, call it God, call it Allah. Goes by many names. It doesn't care, really. It is but the one thing. And because it is everything, that means me. God's love is part of my love. God's joy is for me to enjoy as well. The wholeness that is in spirit is mine. The beauty that is in spirit is manifest for me to enjoy in my world. The peace, the abundance, all of it that we see outwardly in God is also inwardly in each one of us. And I own up to that today. I recognize in myself that I am acting on behalf of spirit. Not perfectly, perhaps, uh, not without some uh, attention that needs to be made. But nonetheless, I am an individualized center of spirit itself. And, and to that degree, I am whole and perfect and capable and lovable and so forth. And as it is true for me, it's true for everyone. Each of us made out of God's stuff. Each of us made with that creative force, given free will, given the, the power, the, the authentic and personal power of spirit itself to do spirit's work in the world. And so for this week and the week beyond, I, I claim and I assert that each one of us has the capability of noticing what comes out of our mouths, the decisions we make under under the guidance of spirit itself, allowing us more intentionally to do God's work in the world. And for this, I give great thanks. For this, I recognize that the planet is better for it. I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. 
We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.